Lord, we thank you tonight. We thank you for your word. And as you spoke to Moses, speak to us. The people sinned. They sinned real bad. You know I was talking about that, right? They got bit. Sin always brings consequences. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. I'm glad it uses the word wages because we can understand what wages are. You work 40 hours and then payday comes. Not at the end of the day, but usually at the end of the week or every two weeks, payday. And the Bible says the wages or the pay of sin is death. And some people think, I'm getting away with this. It's not messing me up. It's sin, but it's, it's okay because God forgot about it. No, but payday is coming. The wages, it may not happen instantly. But sin always produces death. And these people are getting bit because of their murmuring, complaining against God. And now they're swelled up. They're sick and in pain. And there's no way to get out of what they're going through until they come to Moses and say, we sinned against God and complained against you. Moses takes their case to God. What do I tell him? And God says, I have your remedy. Now, when I hear remedy, I'm, I was born in the U.S., fourth generation, but my family is Latino, so we know about remedios, remedies. Some of you know about remedios too. You know, take an egg and le sobas la panza con un huevo. Today there's remedies that pulsera balanceada they put on one side. It's supposed to balance you. I saw a lady in an airport with three of them and she still looked crooked to one side. Maybe she has to put four on the other side. I don't know. Remedios. Get the hiccups. Have somebody scare you or blow into a, a paper sack till you hyperventilate. These are all remedies. God said, I have a remedy for what they're going through told Moses to take a staff. Where's my staff again? Oh, here it is. No, this is not a staff, is it? No, where is it? Yeah, bring it once again. Bring the bag again too. He said, take a staff and hang a snake from it. A snake? Yeah. And take it out into the desert. Now, first of all, I want you to know, in case you didn't, and I know you do, the Bible says all have sinned. Everybody has sinned. There isn't anybody that can say, I have not sinned. And sometimes people who don't understand or have not heard what we preach think that our message is, you're going to hell. Somebody has preached that to them someday, you're going to hell. You don't live the way you should live, so you're going to hell. Well, the Bible says we were all going to hell. Everyone's a sinner. That's why nobody should think they're better than somebody else because we're all sinners. And if somebody thinks they're better, they are better. A better sinner. Because all have sinned. We have no right to throw stones at a sinner unless we're perfect, Jesus taught. They bring this woman that they caught in adultery and it was the religious, of course, had to be. They bring this woman who was caught in the act of adultery. And they said to Jesus, Jesus, the law says that we should stone her to death. And you know what I believe? I believe they had the stones, the rocks with them already. 
Hey, we're going to a stoning, man. We're going to take a sinful woman who's caught in adultery, and we're going to stone her to death. You want to join us? Oh, yeah. Let me get some rocks here. Oh, man, here's the one with jagged edges. I'll knock an eye out with that one, yeah. Oh, this one will bust her skull. So I think on their way to the stoning, they had their rocks with them already. And the Bible says they brought this woman... And back then, that's what they did with women caught in adultery. They would stone them to death. It's not like that today. Today, they give them reality TV shows. But back then, they would stone them to death. Jesus, this woman was caught. They didn't say it was a gossip. It was a rumor. They said, we caught her in adultery. Caught her, that means they were watching that's another sermon. But they came and said, we're ready to stone her to death. What do you say? The Bible says Jesus was writing on the ground, ignoring them. It doesn't say what he was writing. It could have been the names of their girlfriends. Their secret sins. It doesn't say. And they kept at him. Come on, what do we do? We kill her, we stone her to death. That's what the law says. Finally, he gets up and he says, uh, yeah, obey the law. Go ahead, stone her to death till she dies. But the first stone has to be thrown by the one of you that has no sin. He got down and kept writing and he messed up their party. What? What a buzzkill. The f first stone has to be thrown by... Well, I can't throw the first stone because I really messed up last week. You got the first stone? No, I don't even have the second stone. <laughs> I messed up this morning. Do you have the first stone? No, I didn't know you have to be perfect. No, I'm going to go home and throw rocks at my wife. I'm, I'm out of here. <laughs> the Bible says one by one, they all left and went home. She's left there alone with Jesus, the only one who could throw a stone because he was without sin. And instead of condemning her, he says, where are all those that were judging you? They're, they're gone. Neither do I condemn you. You're forgiven. Go and sin no more. Didn't throw stones at her. He bathed her with love and forgiveness, which is the style that Jesus operates in. Everyone has sinned. Everyone. Person sitting next to you has sinned. I don't care if they look like it or not. The one in front of you has sinned. The one preaching to you has sinned. And everyone listening to him has sinned. We hate that. Don't call me a sinner. I may not be perfect, but I'm not a sinner. That guy's a sinner. No, the Bible says all have sinned. So they were all in this condition, having failed God, and they come to Moses and said, these serpents are biting us. We're swelling. We're in pain. I know it's because we messed up. And Moses said, what do I do? They're repenting. The only thing and the only proper way to deal with sin is by admitting it and asking forgiveness. Yeah. The Bible says if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us from our sin 
and, and, and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And they repented. He said, take a staff of wood, the Lord said to him, and take it out into the desert and hang a serpent, a snake from it, like the snakes that bit them of brass, and hold it up, set it up high, and it shall come to pass, the Lord said, that all of these swelling people that are in pain and are dying because of their sin, when they come out and look at the snake on a stick, snake on a stick sounds like something from the fair, huh? <laughs> when they see it, will be healed of whatever disease they have. Wow. God had a remedy for them. A snake out in the desert. Wow. As a matter of fact, let's see what that looks like. The kids are all gone. I imagine you guys know they, they don't really talk. <laughs> like this. And he wrapped it around that staff and put it up there high so everyone could see it. That was God's remedy. Whoever looks at it will be healed. A snake? God used a snake. Now, listen. This was a silent prophecy. This was a prophecy foretelling Jesus on the cross. Everybody knows John 3.16. For God so loved the world that whosoever believeth in him but have everlasting life. But there's another verse that sounds a lot like it. Two verses before John 3.14. It says this. As Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so must the Son of Man, Jesus, be lifted up. And then it ends like the other one, so that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Snake? Why a snake? You know, when Jesus was hanging on that cross, we build these beautiful crosses. When I get on the, one of the freeways here, I see these three lovely crosses, and at night they light up. What a pretty testimony to Christianity. There's neon lights or something. They're just beautiful. But when Jesus hung on that cross, he became a snake. What? Yeah. He that was perfect was made sin so that sinners can be forgiven. It had to be a perfect lamb of God. Innocent with no sin. That's Jesus. But when he was raised up, your sin, my sin, our failure, our diseases. When we come and say, God, forgive me, that's repentance. What happens to all of our ugly, filthy sin from the past? By a miracle of the Holy Spirit, it's literally removed from your life. Your heart is cleansed. And it's sent way back to Jesus his own body absorbed all of our sin. And it wasn't just his body. It was our sin that was nailed to that tree. So as he, as, you know, Easter comes around and people will always give that scripture. Where Jesus said before he died, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? 
This is the short answer. People say people, God the Father could not look to see what they were doing with his son, so he looked away. I think it was more our filthy sin that a holy God could not face. He took mine. I know how mine is. I don't know how yours is. Is it better than mine or is it about the same or worse? I don't know. But it was all on Jesus. And that's when the perfect became the imperfect. The sinless became sin. He absorbed it. And that's why the snake on that stick represents our sin hanging on the cross. Jesus, like a sponge, absorbed it on himself and took on himself the beating and the punishment that we deserved. And that's why it says that whoever went out and looked was healed. <gasps> I'm not swollen. I'm not in pain. I'm not dying anymore. But the Bible says a lot of people died. You know what that means? That a lot of people didn't go out and look. Imagine having the answer and not going out to see it. I'm sure somebody told them, don't go out there. Those crazy Jews put up this thing, expect you to go out. Don't go. Don't go to that crazy church. It's not going to make a difference. And some believe it. And they don't go. And they miss out. The answer is there. All you have to do is believe it. Receive it. And others say, well, look, I had a cousin's uncle, sister's next door neighbor's friend that went and got worse. Oh, well, thanks for telling me. I won't go now. Don't you let anybody talk you out of God's great plan for your life. Forgiveness, healing, blessing. It's yours. And it is paid for. By the way, this symbol, have you ever seen it? It's on every clinic and every hospital and every chiropractor. Good Lord, the hotel where we're staying at, thank you for put us, putting us there, uh, Pastor Steve, a wonderful hotel. In the elevator, there is a symbol of the staff and the serpent right on the elevator. I was telling Carlos, look at that. The people that probably put this together don't even know where it started. It originated in the Old Testament. It means God's solution for man's problem. God's healing. God's remedy. His medicine. And just as it was, that's the way it still is today. All you have to do is see it. Receive it. Bow your head and close your eyes with me. I want nothing, no one looking to their sides today. We have seen God do some amazing things last night and Thursday night. Healings. Touch, miracles. The Lord has worked and he's not finished yet. Tonight may be your night. But I'm going to invite men and women who need to be brave like these people were brave that got to Moses and said, I messed up. Hiding sin, covering it up, ignoring it, doesn't solve it. Confessing it to God. And saying Jesus paid for me and I want to be forgiven. That starts a new life. God will take your heart and cleanse it. Clean it as if there had never been sin in your life. Like cleaning the whiteboard and starting again. And that's for anybody who wants to receive it. The answer is Jesus on the cross. We have to receive it and grab lay hold of it. 
By the way, that's for your healing too. That's for your disease. That's for whatever afflicts you. The answer is the same. It's Jesus on the cross. So as every head is bowed, eye closed, no one looking to their sides. I'm going to ask tonight who needs to surrender their life to Christ. To open their heart and invite Jesus to come in. That means forgive every sin. I'm going to lead you in a prayer that can change everything from the inside out. And I'm going to ask you to lift your hand if you say, Roy de la Gaza, pray for me. I want to receive this gift of salvation that God is offering me. Or I need to reconnect because I disconnected from him. I see that hand back there. Thank you, sir. Yes. I see this hand. Someone else, thank you. And you too. Someone else. Thank you. Maybe somebody disconnected from God. Maybe you had a lot of faith at one time. You had miracles happen in your life. You believed and something happened and you disconnected. Maybe your job, you just got discouraged or your schedule changed and you could no longer even go to church. I don't know what happened. But if you disconnected, this is your moment to reconnect. Someone else besides those who raised their hand who say, pray for me. I, I want to open my heart. I want to reconnect with God. I want my sin forgiven. Thank you. And I want to start again. Thank you. Those of you that raised your hands, thank you. Thank you, yes. Those that raised your hands, stand up with me so I can lead you in prayer. Thank you, thank you. And you, go ahead. Wonderful. God is not angry. He's not upset. He's not nervous. Some people think, well, because God might be mad at me. God loves you so much, He could never get angry at you. That's not His style. The Bible says it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. And so, today, there's forgiveness. There's a new start. And then we're going to pray that you surrender to God whatever is in your hand. Your family, your finances, your time, your talent, your treasure. So that God can use that. He's the one who gave that to you. I know mechanics that are amazing. They're amazing. Some of them haven't even had formal training and they can just listen to a car engine and know what's wrong with it. Amazing. That's a gift that God gave them. I know women who, and men too who are amazing chefs and cooks. Some of them took classes. Some of them, it just came naturally. Amazing. Last night, the young man that's with me, Carlos, shared testimony. And I shared with you how he's such a geek, how God has used him to make these computers from the bottom up. And he didn't take formal training. It's a gift that God gave him. Among others, you have some too. And it's very important that we surrender that to God. But first, let's connect. Those who are standing, I'm going to ask you to be brave. Come out of your seat and just come up here and stand. I'm going to lead you in prayer. And we are going to see the serpent on the staff. We're going to see Jesus on the cross. We're going to see him holding and absorbing on himself all of my sin, all of my failures, all of my bad choices, all of my mistakes. They're all on him. And God sees you. He doesn't see a sinner. He sees you through the glasses. He puts on his, you know, you put on red glasses, everything looks red. Green, everything looks green. Blue, everything looks shockingly blue. God puts on his love glasses when he looks at you. And he sees you through the sacrifice that Jesus made on Calvary. He doesn't see you as a sinner. He sees you as forgiven. Is there anybody else who wants to come and join him right now? Just get up here. I'm going to ask everyone to stand to their feet and let's pray. And you that have come, you're not answering.